What's up, guys? We have an amazing show in store for you guys. I really hope you're ready. Like, this week is so chock full of amazing content, amazing music. I, I literally do not know how to explain what we have coming your way. First off, we got Levi Cato. We worked with him in Nashville. Awesome blues musician. Got a little Americana feel to him. Bluesy, you know, really awesome stuff that we're he was doing. We got to work with him. He played some cool covers, played some awesome originals. We got to talk. We got to know each other. I think you guys will absolutely love it. I don't want to spoil the entire podcast, but we have another interview with our fan feedback artist of the week. And then we have another cover song. We do a little story time. You know, we got everything and the bag of potato chips on this podcast. I hope you guys love it. Let's get it. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, we are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up.
to another live and amplified jam session here in nashville tennessee at the diamond sound studio we're here with another special guest who just got done playing a very kick-ass cover of u2 and bb king yeah when love comes down right? yes sir when love comes to town uh levi cadle yeah. yes sir thank you for having me yeah thank you for being here um what what was it about that cover and why'd you why'd you choose to open up with that cover I just think that it just the timing of when that song came out was just absolutely fantastic. And especially like blues music was in such a lull. It was 1988, The Rattle and Hum, and you 2 like at the height of their fame were arguably like the biggest band in the world. And how ballsy it was to do a blues song yeah. <laughs> in the late 80s, you know? I, I, I just love it. I love that balance of old blues feel and... and the modern now did you do anything to that song to make it like your own did you add a little twist to it or i i I just did what i could to make it work for a singular guitar because i can't play guitar nearly as well as bb king could and i certainly don't have the voice of bono (laughs) so i i just worked it out did a really good job with it though i really enjoyed it um so what kind of got you started in music well both of my parents really like they have always been really well into music as I was growing up but I, I never really cared much about music until I started playing guitar and that was 2012 and then after that it was like I learned about music after I'd started learning to play what uh what prompted you to pick up the guitar and learn to I had made a few attempts to it uh so like I knew a few basic chords but it never really stuck and the the big thing that got me into it. It was one morning before school. I was in middle school. I saw the music video of Gary Clark Jr. doing his song Bright Lights at the uh, Eric Clapton Crossroads Guitar Festival. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I don't know what it was about it. It was just his vibe and, and that mean guitar playing that I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> nice. Who's, uh, who are some of your influences creatively? Well, from a guitar playing perspective, I, I went through a pretty heavy Stevie Ray Vaughan phase Mm -hmm. like a lot of other people have you know like all the big blues guys like buddy guy and bb king and albert collins albert king stuff like that uh from a songwriting perspective like willie nelson and jj kale can't be topped in my opinion i I love it and i like to try to find a balance between those two opposing styles you know uh, do you have anybody personally in your family that was like a real big influence to you picking up music and starting to? Both my grandfather and my father had played. Uh-huh. So guitars had been around and, and, and dad helped me a good deal early on. So I suppose him. Um, well, let's jump into like your first original. What do, what uh-huh. do you got for us? What are you going to play for your first? Uh... Uh, I'm going to play uh, 
the title track off of my second record entitled Luck and Lady. Oh, I was going to say, what's kind of like the story behind it? What's Well, there, there's not too much of a personal story with it. I just got a good groove to it That that's essentially just a blues progression, but it's a... Uh, I feel like it's a little bit older sounding and um, lyrically it's not too clever but uh, I felt like whereas a lot of songs are talking about it's like like with luck be a lady mm-hmm. you know it's always it's it's like it's striving for luck it's wanting you know, all that but this the premise of this song is that too much of a good thing can end up being bad you know like if you have nothing but luck eventually you're going to end up going wrong you know Cool. And let's let's hear it. Good deal. Oh, 
really really good song thank you um what's kind of when you're writing the song not this song specifically mm -hmm. but any song in general what's kind of your process what do you what do you look for do you write your lyrics first melody what's kind of your process well it, it it varies and only in the last year have i actually kind of gotten comfortable with even saying that i could write a song mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes it, it just i just lucked into an idea Lately, it seems the most consistent pattern that it just starts out with a groove or something on the guitar, and then the lyrics just will come to me later. I have a real hard time marrying both at the same time. Do you have a, like a writing partner or somebody that you can sit down with, or it, it's primarily just me? Okay. And then uh, you said that the the song just uh, was on your second album. Mm -hmm. When you're writing an album, because you're getting ready to release one, and mm -hmm. we'll talk about that here in a little bit, sure. but um, what, what's kind of the process when you're putting together an album? Do you write specifically for it? it it's a bit of both. I've, I've gotten several songs often for like a collection that I feel are really solid and go together. And flow of songs on an album is really important to me. Okay. I, I, I try my best to make it a cohesive piece just with vibe and all that so primarily i write the songs and then at the very end if i have all the songs that i think i need and they're together and there's still just something missing oftentimes i will write one or two pieces specifically for the album that i never have any intention of actually playing gotcha. so it's basically just to fill out the you'll write for the album if you have a couple songs right sure yeah, sure openings not necessarily to fluff it out as far as space but more just if I know that my flow is good, mm -hmm. but there's just a couple that need a bridge in between it okay. to get from one to the next. Gotcha. I'll, I'll do that. And how has your uh, songwriting changed from like when you first started to now? Well, I, I I've I've released four albums okay. up until this point, arguably too many. Okay, <laughs> four albums in two years. Okay, it's a lot. Yeah, it it started out here, there, and everywhere. Because as we'd said before with like um, my appreciation for Willie Nelson and J.J. Kale, there were several songs in my albums early on that were near country and then other things that were just complete like indie alternative sounding things. And there were always blues songs intertwined throughout it. But I was never confident enough in my own ability to, to really pull off a, a convincing feeling with a blues record. And I feel like over time, it, it has certainly shifted to a more blues-centric vibe. What was it? What is it about the blues that kept just drawing you back to just be like, okay, I'm a full-blown blues artist at this point? It it really had to do with the timing of of, of being introduced to the blues, I believe. Because as I said, I, I wasn't really interested in music at all until after I started playing. Mm -hmm. And very shortly after I began playing guitar, my dad took me to a Buddy Guy concert okay. in Knoxville. And, and that was, it was just this otherworldly thing to me. And for years, I was always really interested in it, but I, I was like, I couldn't do that. Yeah. And it's just, as I got more comfortable over time, I felt like it's what I can do best. And I've just, I've learned to embrace that a lot more over the last year. So you're going to play another original, yeah, another original for us. Mm -hmm. It's called Devil. Yes. And you said it's off your most recent album. Mm -hmm. well, how is this song, is there... How's this song different from the song you played previously? 
I think with the, with uh, with Luck and Lady, the song we just went through, um, it is certainly blues influenced, mm-hmm. but I, I think that this song Devil is certainly a blues song.
You're from Kentucky, correct? Middle, yes, sir. Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. How how's how's the music scene there? How did how did that help shape who you are as a musician? It it, it they're trying. Okay. They're that's that's it's it's one it's not wonderful yet. Okay. Uh, but Middlesbrough and like it's right next to Tennessee, so yeah. like the bordering cities like Harrogate yeah. and Tennessee and like Cumberland Gap, they are all making a very solid effort at uh, fostering a music scene but I, I I don't believe that there was any real music scene to speak of that okay. molded anything okay. um, but uh, it's going well nice they're nice. they're improving nice. and that's where you're currently based out of still yes still. I live in Middlesbrough nice as you're um, getting out and playing more shows it, what do you do to try and help bring more artists to Middlesbrough? Like, is there like when you're out, play, oh, obviously when you're out playing shows that aren't in the area, mm. do, is there anything that you do to say, hey, we've we've got something cooking over here? Like, whenever there are events, certainly, mm. certainly. But honestly, like aside from one-off events, as of yet, there aren't really many venues that have music to like bring it to mm-hmm. um just yet but um particularly through the summer like Middlesbrough um there's there's a an organization uh, that does concerts across the country called Levitt Amp mm-hmm. Levitt uh Middlesbrough is, has been one of the recipients of, of the, the grants for the mm-hmm. Levitt concerts um for several years and I performed at uh one of those concerts last summer and those always draw a really good crowd and that, that's one of the things that is, is really helping the music scene in the area is, is being able to do that every summer. Well, where, what's, what's kind of your um, tour schedule looking like? What's your tour schedule looking like? Are you out playing every weekend? Are you doing this full time? Like, what's your... Much less so right now. Okay. Um, I am, am spending a lot of time focusing on the new record, which we'll speak about soon. Yeah. Um, just because I really believe in the songs mm. and I'm going to spend a lot of time making sure that that is the best that it can possibly be because I think it's going to be great. I don't have many dates set right now. Okay. Um, I'm open to them and I'm taking them as they come and, 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 and seeking them out to an extent. Yeah. Um, one I'm really excited about is uh, I'm going back to Georgia. Mm. I used to, right after I graduated high school, I spent a lot of time down in Statesboro, Georgia. No. And then this summer, I'm going to play at a bar a friend of mine opened up in Macon nice. called Cashman's okay. on June 6th. And nice. uh, I'm really looking forward to getting back and playing in Georgia. Nice. How do you um, balance 
your time between going out and playing gigs and actually sitting down and dedicating yourself to writing new music? How how hard is it to balance that time, and how, how are you able to pull it off? It, it, it has been, ever since I've started this several years ago, I've, I've been in a constant state of kind of learning a bit more about myself musically. Mm-hmm. So it, it really has varied. Okay. I've, I've, I've done a lot of work as a duo with mm-hmm. a couple other people. I've done a couple iterations of trios. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the writing will happen whenever I'm not doing that. It's not ideal, and I would like to get to a point where I'm doing both at uh, one given point, you know? But right now, I really am just focusing on writing because I feel like I've finally arrived at something that I'm confident in as, like, this is me, you know? Uh, Come summer, I'm going to be doing a lot more as far as actual gigging, Uh but right now, I'm just kind of in a technical retreat Nice. right now. That's a great way to phrase it. Um, What advice would you give to younger musicians that are just starting out to try a lot of different things and to be ready for them to fall through try things out and figure out what works best for you and when you've really found that stick to it stick to it and 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 don't exemplify your strengths Is there anything that you've learned over the years that you wish you would have known when you first started playing? When you first started playing like live shows, regarding playing live yeah. shows, yeah, like stuff stuff that you know now that you wish you would have known back when you got started. There, there will be a lot of empty rooms. Okay, there will be a lot of empty rooms, and uh, you have to learn to embrace that okay. because you got to play through the empty rooms to get to the rooms that have people that are engaged with you in them. Uh, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's, I think it's a really good way to get some experience without too much pressure. So you're going to play another original. Uh, what time are you going to play for us? Uh, I'm going to play uh, a new one that hasn't been released yet. It's going to be on the new record Okay. called uh, Drink Deep. Peace is missing 
So that song was called Drink Deep. Yes. And you said it's off the upcoming album? Mm-hmm. How's the upcoming album doing? Oh, it's great. It's Good. great. Um, this is the first time that I'm really, not to say that I was ill-prepared before, but I'm making an active effort to take a lot of time on mm-hmm. this one because I, because I can. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to get it done really quick for no real reason mm-hmm. either. Yeah. But I'm 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 making myself take the time to make sure that everything is exactly how I want it to be on this record, and I'm really excited for it. Um, what's the diff- biggest difference between this album and all your previous work? I think that this album will be a true blues record in vibe. I, th- I think that it, it it is real easy to to say that you've put out a blues record, and for it to just run through the tropes and cliches of blue songs and have it be half-baked hero worship i i i think that it's it's going to be a very sincere sounding record and and i'm really thrilled about that are you doing anything different to promote the this album compared that yes certainly um I've 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 learned a lot about what not to do <laughs> as far as yeah. marketing, you know, because it uh, especially when you are, you know, relatively unknown, mm-hmm. it's real easy to become a pest 
pushing your music if you do it in the wrong way and 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 I've, I've i've learned a lot of ways to go about that and also it 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 takes a lot to be able to market a record and not have any money put behind marketing the record <laughs> so that's an area that i'll be doing much better in nice. uh this time around and i'm assuming it'll be on spotify and all that certainly yeah. certainly well we're going to change it up a little bit um I want to hear. Another, do you have another cover for us to? Sure. Yeah, let's hear another cover. I'm sure. Um, what do you What do you think? You're gonna play? Uh, I think I'll do Catfish Blues. Okay. It's an old standard, but a ton of people have done it, like Jimi Hendrix and Gary Clark Jr. and a lot of people have done that. So. Awesome. If we're good to go, I'll do that. Yep. Nice. Cool. My baby, 
Yeah, you know she's gonna scream and shout. When my train comes pulling in, and I come walking out, yeah. And I come walking out. I get in this habit of asking this question, but how do you kind of, when you're playing live shows, how do you deviate or how do you balance the originals from the cover? Hmm. Well, I feel like in, inherently whenever I'm playing a live show, especially if it's like a bar gig or, or something that isn't necessarily people are coming to see me, but I'm coming to a place where there are people. Mm-hmm. Um, there is inherently, and it isn't a negative thing, but it, it's a very guitar-oriented show. Yeah. So some people will understandably not be interested as a rule. You yeah. know, so it's just not some people's thing. Add another layer to that, it being primarily blues music. I, I play primarily original music mm-hmm. through an entire night. Yeah. I'll throw some covers in, but primarily it's just other blues songs. Mm. So nothing that many people would instantly recognize unless they were already interested in it. But to answer your question, I I, I read a room. I'm pretty proud of how I can read a room okay. as far as the vibe of song that it needs to be. Like if it needs to be a, a chilled out thing, if people are more into that, then I will certainly do that. But if I play a song that's a little bit more aggressive and people respond to it, then I'm going to keep the aggressive songs yeah. going. Nice. You know? well, for, for the people that have never seen one of your shows, what, mm-hmm. what can they expect when they come to one of your shows? It varies yeah. night to night. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I play... Most of the songs that I've that played for you here today, uh, given in a set, I do a couple old standards just to kind of, you know, get, get the because you have to. Yeah. If you're doing blues music, you have to do some standards, or else people will accuse you of sacrilege, you know. Uh, and then I'll play through uh, a solid amount of original material. Uh, I throw in I throw in some of my other older music that uh, isn't necessarily blues mm-hmm. kind of ballady type things every so often, yeah. but it's primarily it's it's a blues show. It's a blues show, generally very uh, like heavy, aggressive, loud blues. <laughs> um, and you're gonna send us off here with a one final original. Yes. Yes. What do, what do you got for us? It's called uh, Hang Low. And it's another one that's going to be on the new record okay. uh, later this summer. 
Or what, what's the story behind it? It's primarily just a, just a heavy one. Like the full track, there's a lot going on in it. The song is 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 really to be so aggressive sounding. It, it, it's really kind of optimistic. Mm-hmm. It, it, it talks about like you know even if things seem dim, it's not gonna always be. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it's 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 not a an entirely new story, but nice. pretty much that. Thank you very much, Levi. Thank um, you. And uh, real quick, tell people where they can find you on social and all that fun stuff. Uh, it's uh, Levi Cato Music on Facebook. The thing I use the most is Instagram, and that's just all lowercase, Levi Cato, L-E-V-I-C-A-D-L-E. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Thank you for sharing your music. We really appreciate it, and we hope to see you in the future. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Please excuse us while we pay some bills. First off, shout out to MXO Microphones. We are happily, happily supported by MXO Microphones. 
For over 30 years, MXL has been bringing quality audio solutions to the market for users at all levels. You can follow MXL on all major platforms at MXL Mics. MXL Mics is the mics exclusively used by Live and Amplified, and we would not be partnered with them if we didn't absolutely love this product. And so we hope you guys will check them out. If you guys want to see some of their new sweet gear that they had just announced at NAMM, uh, check out mxomics.com. And for anybody that'll be in Waco, Texas on Saturday, February 22nd, make sure you swing by the Hippodrome for the Blood, Sweat, and Beats Waco Hip Hop Story documentary premiere. Tickets are on sale at the Waco Hippodrome Theater.Thunderticks.com. The event is February 22nd from 7 to 10 p.m. It's a story of music, money, and murder birthed in the Bronx, but raised here in Waco. The Deep in the Heart Film Festival proudly presents Blood, Sweat, and Beats, the Waco hip-hop story. If you'd like to support Live and Amplified and the Live and Amplified Jam Session podcast, we accept direct Cash App donations at Live and Amplified. Search for us on the Cash App at Live and Amplified. Any donations of $10 or more will get a special heavy metal shout-out. And lastly, make sure you follow us on all of our social media at Live and Amplified. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, anywhere and everywhere. Live and Amplified. Make sure you follow us, share us with your friends. How's it going, everyone? Tom Quiet, your host. I'm back with you guys again. I just want to say thank you again so much to Levi Cadle and his entire team for coming out to Nashville. I know it wasn't an easy trip for you guys. I really appreciate you coming while we were out there giving us the opportunity to work with y'all. That being said, I also want to shout out uh, Diamond Sound Studio for hooking us up with the venue. So this podcast is probably going to be a little bit more fluid than last week's, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the first part with Levi. I, he's a super talented musician, and I love work with him. I love working with him. Let me get my words out. And like I said earlier, I really hope to get to work with him again. He's super awesome, super talented. And yeah, that that's pretty much sums it up. Um, so we're going to kind of keep this wagon train moving because it, it's been a really long day for me. been a really long week. I am super tired. So I am mustering up every ounce of energy I have to get the uh, get get through the recording so I could sit down, edit, relax. And just kind of get this out for you guys because I am so absolutely energized. Like, I love doing this podcast. This has renewed, rejuvenated me. Like, this is so much fun for me just being able to share with you guys so much music, so many interviews. and Like, I just absolutely love doing this. So you guys do not have to worry about me taking month hiatuses and all that stuff. I absolutely love this. I am rejuvenated and I am just here. You will see me here every Thursday at 8 a.m. when this podcast drops. And I am gonna just, we are just going to keep doing this and it's going to be awesome and get better every week. And I hope you guys will stick around and join us on this awesome ride. I want to try something a little bit different. I want to try doing different segments, try them out. I, I got some feedback from some people I really trust. Um, try different layouts, different formats, different, um, not sequences. That's not the word I'm looking for. Try different, geez, I can't think of the word. 
but we're going to try some different things. And so one of the segments, that's the word. Holy cow, it has really been a long week. I can't even think of the word segments. So that being said, we're going to try some different segments. We're going to try some different things out. Um, and I, let me know what you guys think. Give us some feedback. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Let us know what you think. So that being said, we're going to try out a new segment called Story Time. It sounds a little ridiculous. I'm not quite sure how this is going to run, but we're going to see what happens. I, I really love telling this story because I love hanging it over Jeff's head. Every, t- every time the anniversary of Live and Amplified comes around because we were in, for those of you that don't know, Live and Amplified was a thing that I threw out as an idea about four and a half years ago at this point. I had this idea, I wanted to work with independent musicians, help them get their name out, and at worst build like an, some sort of electronic press kit. So I went to Jeff... Jeff Cabana, he's audio engineer. He's not with me right now. On a lot of our big projects and pretty much every production shoot we do, he's with me. And we're tag teaming it. And if we're lucky enough to have Brady with us, you know, whatever. Not to go on a side tangent. So this was, I want to say somewhere in October. It was September, October, somewhere in that area where I had approached Jeff for this idea of doing a web series where we highlight independent musicians, give them the opportunity to play a couple of songs, talk about the songs, talk about themselves, and basically just build like this online presence. At the time, I didn't know anything about audio. All I knew was basic sound recording from stuff I had done in the film industry. Like I had worked as a sound guy on some small independent films, and that was my basic knowledge, self-taught knowledge about anything with audio. I went to Jeff because he was working as at a sound engineer at a studio that we will not name. And I approached him. I was like, hey, man, I have this idea. I would love to work with you. And if you want to bring the studio into this as like a sponsor or how we shoot this stuff and record this stuff and whatever, I'm down with it. I would love to do it. And he told me no. He's like, it's not right right now. Um, and I think we're going to have to pass. And I'm like, okay, no problem. And six weeks to two months later, some things unfolded. He parted ways with the studio. And him and I were at Stellar Coffee, which is a coffee place in Roswell, New Mexico, where we were living. And I brought the idea back up. I was like, hey, man, you remember that 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 series um, that I was talking about? He was like, yeah, is that something you still want to do? And I'm like, yeah, let's like, I mean, I I have very basic equipment, so we'd have to start out small. He's like, oh, it's fine. Like, and so we kind of worked it out and we worked with the first few musicians and it slowly started turning into what it is now. It's just funny because that First time I brought it up to him, he said no. If you know anything about how business works, most times when you say no, you don't get that second opportunity, which is very interesting to me. But regardless, he was the guy I wanted to work with. He was the guy I trusted. And so 
needless to say, Live and Amplified wouldn't be anywhere near it is without him because it would have been me stumbling around like an idiot trying to film and record this stuff by myself. So luckily with his guidance and his tutelage, I was able to really pick up some stuff. And when he hasn't been able to get stuff taken care of because of personal things, because of work, you know, because we still got our nine to five situation, um, I've been able to kind of be like, hey, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. And then hopefully down the line, he'll do the same thing as we continue to grow through this process. Because with it not being a full-time thing, there's been some growing pains and hopefully there will be some continued growing pains that will help us both grow. But I just wanted to share that with you because I thought it was funny. Next up on our agenda is our Facebook Feedback Artist of the Week. I have no idea why I just called it that because it's just our Feedback Artist of the Week. We picked a guy that had submitted some information to us earlier this year or late last year, probably at this point. I hadn't ever heard of him. I hadn't really seen the information he had submitted beforehand. I started looking through uh, like a folder that we have set aside for people that send us in information. And I was like, oh, this guy looks cool. And I listened to some of his music and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And so I shot, or we put it out on the podcast this week or last week. We put it out on Facebook and it became Saturday. And I was like, oh, I haven't really heard from this guy. Let me message him. And then like late Sunday, he messaged me. He was like, yeah, that's really cool. And so uh, we set up the interview. We did the interview early Wednesday morning or this morning as I'm recording this or yesterday morning if you're listening to this on Thursday. But so that's just to clarify, that's why I said Wednesday, just to give you some context as to when the interview happened. And honestly... I wasn't quite sure what to expect from this interview because the interview is probably the hardest thing I have to prepare for, especially when I have no context as to who the person is. You know, I'm going into these interviews. I know very little about these people because I haven't seen them perform live. I haven't seen them. I've only seen like maybe a couple of videos. I've never met them in person and I just don't know them. So going into these interviews is really tough. Because they're first of all, they're unknown. So, or well, I say unknown, but like to the majority of people, they're unknown. They might be known in their little area, their town, their city, their clique, their whatever. Trying to Google them isn't always the easiest thing to accomplish. Got him on the interview this morning. And let me just say, man, this was the most wild, I have no idea how to describe it interview And I'm so glad this happened. Um, But first, let's intro it. We've got his song. We've got the feedback that all the fans submitted. And I really hope you guys enjoy it. they put a mind in there. And sometimes my soul. Flesh covers the bone. And the flesh searches for more than flesh. There's no chance at all. We are all trapped by a singular fate the city dumps fill okay this is Daniel I came to watch my real name is Starship last night at the Water Rats I saw this guy last week I think honestly last night he was a little bit nervous but this guy is amazing he has got so much potential 
I had a big chat with him after the show and I really believe in him. I think he's really got what it takes to make it. I just told him basically he's just got to believe in himself. And there's so many people who see him on stage and just get involved in what he's doing and are basically just shocked what is coming out of his mouth when he starts to do beatboxing basically and using his loop pedal. It's amazing. It's, um, it's really something that gets the crowd going and he's witty and funny on stage as well. Um, I love, this, love the performance, love the vibe. Big fan of my real name is Starship and his blend of musical styles and comedy. I would lo love to go see him again. I can't wait until I can. Escape the rumor, sell the schooner, solar to lunar, fighting a brain tumor. Damn, damn, right. Side the divide, when inside it, it reside. Hiding from its own reflection, paddle boats in a high tide. Lambo call it suicide. Don't fight the odds, but still have to fight my life. Still paddling undiluted ocean, but thinking twice about the sharpness of the oar and how deep could it slice waves of indecision because I've forsaken good advice performed heist on myself all for the expensive price of mind spirit separation well hopefully this knife swing will eradicate this complication confrontation lamentation I guess I'm not alone within this jaded nation Population fall into bouts of constellation. Well, rearrange your constellation. As a minor turn major, Orion the hunter is now in your favor. So watch that cover go with the wing span like sickness to ascend from sickness. It's the strangest of liquids, and don't attempt to sip this. And that's. Several superfluous forms to stagnant water Keep dropping the news like an investigative reporter C-SPAN revealing the organs to the system like a CAT scan Goddamn, spread it out, it's not the marmalade, it's the motherfucking jam Useless lies I made them 
lunchbox, what does that mean? 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 So how did the uh, show go last night? Uh, how did the show go? The show went uh, remarkably well. It was a really cool night. Uh, I'd never played at the venue before, and the the organisation who ran it, Project Dreaming, um, two really good people uh, by the names of Bella and Linnea. Uh, they set up they set up the room really nice. Sound guy was a cool dude going by the name of Fuzz. Okay. Uh, which which I always love, like quirky names anyone out there uh, obviously I assume that's not his birth name but sometimes I'm like oh I wish my birth name was that cool um, but uh, yeah the venue itself was really nice um, the set went well which is always great whenever you're an artist because you're always worrying uh, you have that adrenaline rush and you and you want to be able to do it and yeah it was just it was just cool to play and all the other artists that played there were some Ooh, phenomenal, phenomenal acts towards the end. There was this one. Uh, there was this one woman. Uh, her name was Maya Delilah. Okay. And it was just her on her own. I, I think she like records in like a full studio setup, sort of doing similar to me. But she was just doing it solo with a uh, with a guitar, and every now and then messing with a loop pedal. But um, her sound and her technique and style of playing were just super crisp. Nice. Super crisp. It was like very strong jazz soul vibe. Um, yeah, so it was it was a it was a really good night. It was a really good night. Was it um, the uh, the organization that had put on the show? Had you worked with them before, or how did you get involved with them? Uh, no, I'd never worked with them before. I had had um, an offer previously. So basically, how I how I got established in connection with this group was there is a venue in North London in an area known as Camden, mm-hmm. uh, called the Camden Roundhouse. And it's a very renowned, extremely renowned place. Uh, and I played there, but not on the official stage. I played in the cafe bar where they do an open mic about once a month. And so, yeah, I went there and that was a really cool experience. I could see a lot of um, the young up and coming musicians cause they run a program for 16 to 25 year olds at the at the establishment itself where they enable them to get resources and get into basic and more elaborate studio setups so they can work and refine upon production skills and network with people and start collaborations and uh, so yeah I played at the open mic and afterwards where I met some also some really cool artists like a, a young London up and coming rapper by the name of T. Peters. He's got a lot of stuff going out. Really great, really great music. Um, and I had uh, had a message on Instagram from uh, Linnea, uh, mm-hmm. who's one half of Project Dreaming. And they were offering me to do this show where it was, uh, I can't remember the exact name, but the very the, the concept was it, oh, oh, sorry, concept of it was uh, 
international into like internationalism within music and so the aim was to have people who are either from other countries or like second generation immigrants who uh were like bi bilingual or multilingual okay and uh but my my heritage is portuguese but suffice it to say i can't really speak much portuguese i can understand a small amount uh but i can speak even less and so i ended up having to turn that one down because i felt it would be incredibly disingenuous and though i've definitely done some like risky moves before in my life and staked claims of things that i have never truly been able to live up to just as a lot of human beings have because you know um exactly and uh but i was like oh you know what this this probably ain't the wisest of moves and i'll probably get there and i'll start singing like because you had to sing songs uh a few songs in that in your quote-unquote original language or your other language and i was like i'll get up there and there'll be a portuguese person who's like their accent sounds brazilian and they're not even really speaking portuguese they're a liar they're a fraud <laughs> and so i'm like oh no i don't i don't want to deal with that but um they were they were both really cool and so they they were fine with me turning that one down and keeping 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 my name yeah. in in their books and yeah then it got around to this one and they offered it to me and I jumped to the chance. I jumped to the chance, and I'm I'm very grateful for it. I'm very grateful for it. It was uh one of the most enjoyable, chilled out shows that I've had to do. I've had other ones as well, of course, which is no no slander to anywhere else. But mm-hmm. I have also played some some dives. Like, but I think that's part and parcel of going through almost any creative industry, whether oh, yeah. it's it is like yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. end up with some people. Yeah. Yeah it's part of the growing process as a musician. Like you have to play those shows in front of nobody and dive bars that nobody's paying attention to. It's part of the growing process for sure. Absolutely. man. That's that's the tale of most of my years. Oh, so uh, staying on the show last night for the people that have never seen you play live, what are, what can they expect from, from one of your shows? Um, what can you expect? Uh, like, a veritable what's... musical miscellany. No, <laughs> that's probably the best way I can describe it. It's um, so essentially, I uh, I use it. You like utilize a loop pedal, mm-hmm. and through that, I chain uh, a very basic guitar effects board that I purchased myself when I was fourteen, and I had big like metal dreams, and I was like, I'm gonna kill it. Out here, overdrive galore, and now I'm so far removed from from that side. But you know, times they change, yep. and uh, so yeah, I chain everything through there, and uh, also plug in a mic. And I'm a I'm an average beatboxer. So what I realised is like I'm I'm a sort of average to decent guitar player, average decent beatboxer, but I combine the sounds and I create something that has a bit more oomph to it mm-hmm. and something that I really enjoy. So essentially I, I build beats on the loop pedal, uh, play guitar lines on it, implementing some like chords, maybe some lead lines, maybe some bass, uh, bass lines. And then I'll sort of like rap and sing over that. And also with some, I'll build like vocal harmonizations on top of that. So just, just having a laugh with it really. Awesome. So, 
your your stage name is my real name is Starship. How did you kind of come up with that? Um, it's a remarkably unremarkable tale. Okay. Uh, where it's like literally, so uh, I used to go by a few different names, and okay. one of the names I used to go from was so like it used to be uh, my last name, which is Marquez, and so I used to just call myself Mr. Marquez, and that's an awful name. <laughs> that's, that's, that's I've heard worse. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Of- <laughs> oh no, so have I. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 a remarkably shabby name. Um, and yeah, so I was I was going under that name between the ages of about like fourteen to I want to say about sixteen to seventeen, probably okay. about sixteen, yeah, probably a little bit closer to seventeen, uh, because I've been writing music since I was like fourteen, as as a lot of people have whenever they're in this sort of sort of game. When I was writing songs about relationships, I'd never had yeah. emotions and experiences I I couldn't even really fathom, but I'd heard enough. And I'd seen enough, so mm-hmm. I knew what the cliches were. Um, so yeah, and then one day I was just sitting around and I was kind of like, I really don't want to keep calling myself this name. And uh, my uh, my best friend back then, my closest friend back then, um, he was a uh, bassist in training and his bass teacher had uh, an email address that said, hi my name is chicken and (laughs) at the same time i was really into uh, a killer sort of like folk indie artist who used to tour and be quite big he go he now goes under a different name um it's a musician called uh dev hines who now plays in a group called i believe it's called blood orange but he's his old act used to be called lightspeed champion and I really liked that name and I loved his music and I thought it just, everything about it was, was, was fantastic. I loved all the quirky elements. And so one day I was literally sitting there and I was trying to come up with a name. And so I was thinking, I was listening to Lightspeed Champion and I'm like part of that's in my mind. And then all of a sudden, like my friend's bass teacher's email came in my head and I was like, hi, my real name is Starship. And I was like, <laughs> wait no i should drop the high i think that's a bit too much and i was just like yeah my real name is starship yeah yeah i really like that i really like that but i tell you now it's like i love the name Mm -hmm. and uh so because i've been using it for like 10 years oh so I, i i love it but um boy does it really run into some problems when i go out and perform i have to solidify that that entire phrase in people's brains because some people they'll be like oh what's your name and i'll be like it's my real name is starship and they go oh starship and i'm like no 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 please don't go looking up starship because that's the band who like performs we built the city on rock and roll yeah and i swear to god if you start thinking i'm them i could end up with some i don't know some yeah financial issues or you're just never going to find me so i always have to be like it's my real name is starship so i always i'm always like you got to say the whole thing like a tribe called quest Yep. pimp name slick back just yep. say the whole thing yep yeah that's when you come up with like a little sign that you put in front of you that just says my real name is starship and then hopefully people get it and maybe not add it like you know it's yeah. that's that's a wise idea i have had a sign for a while but i barely used it because i'm sort of like oh 
it looks so shabby. It's just on like a torn off piece of cardboard and like faded ink. Under and then I've got QR, I've got QR codes printed on either side. So maybe I should just start whipping it out, and maybe I should just take out a giant QR code. Nope. And then yeah. people will be like, "What is that?" And I'll be like, "Go, go scan it, and then you'll find out." Yeah. Yep, because that'll take like have it take them directly to your website or your Facebook page or whatever, and exactly. Yeah. Shit, I'm giving out too many good business ideas. I shouldn't do this. No, um, oh, it, it's I did. <laughs> no, I'm only messing about. It's, everything's public domain. Let's yeah. <laughs> be I, real. I mean, that's what I did for the longest time when I was doing like freelance video production work. I my business card was my name, my phone number, and the QR code was my demo reel, and I just oh. I would just hand it out to people, and it like if people knew what a QR code was, it worked fantastically. But ninety five percent of the people didn't know what a QR code was, and they're like, "Well, what's this? How do I see your demo reel?" And I'm like, "All right," and I had to explain it to them. Yeah. Wait. Well, how, like, how many years ago was this? Um, well, I mean, I still have the business cards. It was only four years ago or so. Like it wasn't, it was like the issue was I was living in a really small town, a very conservative town. So they weren't very technologically advanced. And so it was just like, when I handed them a QR code, they're like, uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with this. And I'm like, okay, I understand. So I had to, like, I mean, I still have the cards and I still hand them out from time to time because the QR code is still active. Yeah. But, you know, it was just one of those things where, where I was at at the time just didn't, it just didn't work. Um, but, so you're currently in London, correct? Yes. Um, and are you, you born and raised in London? You mentioned that you're Portuguese, so were you, or were you born? No, no, I'm, I'm, I was I'm born and raised in London the whole okay. time, man. I could, I could never really claim myself to be a Portuguese national, only okay. by heritage. That's okay, it. only Understood. by heritage. Understood. Um, so what for? There's going to be a lot of people that aren't familiar with the London and the UK independent music scene. But what's what's kind of like the independent music scene like out there? Honestly, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, go for it. Fucking all over the place. Okay. Fucking all over the place. Um, as in amazing highs and incredible lows. And I think part of that just comes from being in such a, an intensified metropolis. I feel like metro- metropolitan areas. Um, all of these big cities, uh, they offer such a grand variety. And as I don't know, there's, there's something about specific, like real major cities as well that really has it. And I'm sure it's the same across the, in the entirety of the UK. I haven't been able, I haven't been blessed enough to go and play in, uh, every major city as of yet, but like yeah. in London in particular, it's just such a diverse array of, abilities and and presentation and potential like there's there's a lot of quite incredibly admirable people who are literally off the back of doing everything independently are are doing like quite substantial shows Mm. and, and killing it and then there's 
real dime a dozen type characters, which I've definitely been a part of. Um, mm. Where just like filling up really shabby open mics or real low level low level venues like man when i was younger there were there are some shows that i'm amazed that i even got booked for like mm. i was thinking about one earlier today and it was just kind of like if only they booked me now wouldn't it like if they yeah. would have actually had a decent show but i can't believe they booked me <laughs> for this show back then um but that's uh even though there's there's such a widespread i think that's one of the cool elements because you also get to meet a lot of really interesting people and hear an incredibly varied sound for example uh there was one guy i can't remember his name for the life of me uh so there's a there's a bar i play in quite regularly out of everywhere i've played in my in my history mm-hmm. of being an artist it's the most frequent venue i have uh, i've performed at and they run an open mic every tuesday night from 7 p.m. till 2 in the morning, which is basically unheard of throughout most of London, just in terms of sheer time put in, like seven hours, crazy. Uh, And it's in an area called New Cross, which attracts a a diverse array of people. And so it's like one of those places where you turn up and across the night, it could be like... uh, a folk artist, like a singer songwriter, folk artist, then following them is a reggae artist, then following them is a spoken word poet, and following that is a punk fusion band, mm-hmm. then following that is a rapper, then following that is an R&B singer, following, <clears throat> pardon me, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so it used to attract such a diverse array of people, and it's it's still a really cool place and I mm-hmm. definitely think it's humbled a bit in years as the world has in some places, probably not so much in others. Um, but like I remember cause I've been playing there on and off for about Christ, uh, Jesus, eight fucking years. Yeah. And I've, I've seen huge changes come through cause I remember I used to go to that place and it was just so ragtag, so fucking dive bar ragtag where it was like the the guy running it would be like running around struggling to be able to keep everyone happy because there would be like 150 to fucking 300 people crammed into this bar inside and on the outside and about a third to like half of them are looking to perform and so he's getting hounded all the time and he's off of his tits on mdma just running around there would be like people just going fucking nuts around and like fights breaking out and like i remember one time there was a guy playing a a goddamn bob dylan track a bob Bob dylan anti-war song i can't remember which one but i remember it specifically being an anti-war song as two guys were having a giant fight in a circle of people and then at one point like people were throwing glasses across the room and i'm just like the the image the image right now is ridiculous oh. but the, like but the, the the one of the most renowned guys, and it's like i actually do really treasure being able to be in those environments because mm-hmm. especially like before i do before i started using the loop pedal all i used to do was i'd go out and i'd, I'd play the guitar and i'd rap and yes. that used to get that used to get some 
some good feedback, but they're also used to get some, nah, maybe you need to diversify. And those people were right. Those people were incredibly right. Yeah. Uh, but it was kind of like, it was, it was like the, the, it was like the Coliseum almost. And it's just like, if you, you could genuinely feel like, I remember I was talking with a, um, uh, a rapper, uh, who I've met through there. And he was like, yo, if you can, if you can get the crowd on your side mm -hmm. at this place, you can get the crowd on your side anywhere. Absolutely yeah. anywhere. And I was like, yeah, feel, definitely, man. I feel like every scene has that place. Like they have that venue where if you can get the crowd, they have like that ruthless crowd where mm. if you can get them on your side, then you're set. Like, well, not set, but you can, you're ready to go and try another area or venue, you know. Um, Abs absolutely. I think it's that, um, it's almost like a baptism under fire. Yeah. I think is, the, is the best phrase to put it. And I've, I very much believe in that concept. Um, obviously, people work on different things. Like, not everybody is down for positive reinforcement. Some yeah. people work well with negative reinforcement, and some people crumble under the first amount of, uh, of pressure. Yeah. Um, so they need all that positive reinforcement. And, but I think, I think it's important as a, um, as a person in general, really, to be honest, but especially as a creative, and not just a creative, a creative who is a performer, whatever performance art that you're doing, to build up some semblance of resilience and resolve and this ability to kind of just like dig into yourself and also learn that every failure is not going to be a failure. Some of them will be, yeah. some of them will be, and you can sit there full of chagrin and, and, and mope about it. But some of them will force you to turn deeper into yourself and pull something out of you. Mm-hmm or something out of you or, or diversify your, your talents. But yeah, no, this one guy, this one guy I just want to mention where it's just kind of like the epitome. He's, he's my favorite person I've ever met at this place because he was just batshit crazy. I can't remember his goddamn name, <clears throat> but he was a, uh, he called himself like a punk rapper. I believe that's what he said. He called himself a punk rapper, right? Yeah, that's a, that seems to be a huge thing over here in the US. Like, they don't call it that, but that's essentially what it is. It's like punk rap. Oh, wait, are you one about like the, the emo rappers? Yeah, like the emo. In, in that, that's kind of what I consider emo rap is like, it's like a punk type style. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I, I, get, I get that. I think where it's like, where he differs a tiny bit is he lent um, just a bit more on the punk. So he would like sing a fair, actually, no, I'm saying that. And all the, a lot of the emo rappers do actually mostly like use melody and hook and everything all right either way um so he called himself like a punk rapper and he was like he was about like six one heavy set right yeah and uh he had something about him i don't know if he, he may have actually had some sort of like i don't know mental health issues um but he never redressed it yeah and he was always cool. He, like, he was always easy going, but he, he had a wild streak. I'll tell you that. Right. So he, <laughs> every time he would perform, every time he would perform, right. Uh, he'd always, he'd always go up with a, with a balaclava, always go up with a ballet on. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, just somehow within like half a song, 
he would be naked, <laughs> except for the balaclava. And like, you've not seen shit till you've seen like a room with like a hundred people as there's a, a naked tubby dude running round in front of them, screaming, no. fuck the pigs, fuck the pigs, just like screaming it into their faces. What? And he's, yeah, he's nuts. I remember one time I was speaking to him and he told me this story about like how he played a gig at a working men's club, which is okay. like, I don't know what the equivalent would be over in uh, in, in the States. Um, would it be, like, what is a working men's club? Is it? Uh, it's, it's, it's almost, it's like, it's almost like a, glorified pub it's like a social area it's like okay like a so it's like community center park. okay so community it would be like park. a uh a, a private members club or something basically yeah yeah, yeah. a private members club but with um less uh pump than than the exclusivity of that it's most okay. most working men's clubs are full of just like real average average dudes okay average people who just work in like nine to fives or like real blue collar jobs like laboring and things like that gotcha. um, and uh he told me and this was a night of course before he performed and got butt ass naked and screaming fuck the pigs in people's faces and he performed at this working men's club and he of course did his set which means he got naked and this is in the afternoon right yeah and so apparently pe- <laughs> people are booing him yep and the security and the security have like seen him and they're like shouting at him and he was like fuck all of you i'm gonna shit on this stage and they were like no you're not (laughs) and according to him obviously this is all a story and i never saw it but i want to believe that this is true so badly so badly um so according to him he took a shit on the stage and then and then proceeded to pick it up and throw it into the crowd. <laughs> throw it into the crowd. And so, like, security are, like, a bombing for him as he's throwing, throwing shit into the crowd. And That's apparently like, he's, like, run off. He's run off, and it's just like him, naked with a balaclava, running yeah. through the street. Yeah. But the police did get him. The police did eventually get him. Okay. <laughs> he, I would... he, claimed the, he claimed the police got him, and apparently they, they let him off only with a warning. So, like... I'm, that's where it's like it's a bit weird but i want that yeah. story to be so true like i mean i don't know how it is over there but like a dude running naked down the street just that's not something that police here would just let away with a warning like that would not happen oh hell no it's indecent exposure yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> i don't even i don't even know what crime like throwing your feces at someone is but i'm sure there's a very fancy name for it oh i'm sure there's like a like a health biohazard something that they could flip oh my god do you think it classes as biological warfare maybe (laughs) i don't know (laughs) that's fun oh wow (laughs) inciting biological warfare that's what he got got charged with the this huge yeah that's oh wow put in jail for 15 years yeah (laughs) you war criminal (laughs) yes fuck that's funny. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Christ. But, no, yeah, I remember him saying it because he used to love guys like, um, you know, Gigi Allen. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was obsessed with Gigi Allen. And so I'm just like, oh, right. He's, he's, just, he's just doing Gigi Allen's thing. And to be honest, he's tame in comparison to Gigi Allen, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, at least he's just not out there, like, 
having a fight with people and then he's like spit in my face so i can bleed on you like just crazy shit yeah yeah um so uh we were kind of on this point a little bit earlier but uh what what kind of advice do you have for younger musicians specifically ones that are trying just starting or getting ready to jump into the music industry what advice do you have for them Ooh, right. Um, my time to be to be sage to be wise, which is hard because I'm not really sage or wise. I'm I'm, I'm a living embodiment. I, mean, I, I believe everybody's got a. I believe everybody's got a little piece of advice that they can pass on or that they wish they had when they first started. So that's. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. That's true. I, d- I, d- I definitely do say that. Um, I think one of the main elements is got to be. If you're going to go for this, love it and go for it in the fullest element that you can. Mm-hmm. Because, and I mean, times can develop. So you could you could be half-stepping with it or very, or very timid, uh, apprehensive in your approach and take some time. But that's your life. That's your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you should... You should really utilize it. And I feel like those people who gun for it, like 100%, regardless of whatever the outcome is, they can always say that. They can always hold some restitution that they that they fully went for it. I would definitely say practice your ass off speaking to somebody who can quite humbly say, they're not the world's greatest musician or mm. even close, like really practice your ass off and, and just be able to just kill it in whatever specific field you're doing. Just really kill it. I'd also say play a whole bunch, play as many places as you can in your early stages to kind of be able to build up your sense of what performing in front of people is like, what a crowd is like, how you can observe and be able to sort of prepare for the ebbs and flows. And so, yeah, to be able to build up that intuition that comes with the dynamics of playing in front of people. Not everything goes down well in front of certain crowds. Mm -hmm. And that's an important thing to learn. Um, I'd say that then, uh, also be aware of various pitfalls that come in 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 the live element and honestly if you go out there killing it you don't need many people you don't you don't need a giant industry team nope like there there are there are people out here with sometimes just themselves but sometimes as little as either a pr mm-hmm person a manager or a booking agent and they are out performing internationally um i'd also say always be open to the people around you but be wise enough to not say yes to every offer that you're Mm -hmm. given um or at least or at least be wise enough to be able to um really comprehend what the offer is 
Yo, yo, and that yeah, and that's definitely gonna that's definitely gonna take some time because mm. uh, everything's really a learning curve, and yeah. like no, nobody's nobody's schooled me on these on any business side of this. Most yep. of my knowledge of the business side is from like fragmented conversations and snippet clips from the interwebs. Yep, and. And th- and those sort of things are, are going to come part and parcel, but it's it's if you're willing to learn from it, commit your yourself to what you're doing and yeah. love what you're doing. The as cliche as the phrase is, like sk- sky's the limit. Sky yeah. is really the limit. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, it just being able to do like i i this past weekend i was uh doing another interview with a young lady she was from utah which is like very far away from where i'm at like yeah like 20 some hours and she drove all the way down to texas where i'm based out of and she's doing a tour around texas by herself like when i was setting it up i asked her i was like Hey, how big's your team? Do I need to make sure that I have room for multiple people? You know, like w- what's kind of the feel of, or the uh, how big's your team? She's like, oh, it's just me. And I'm like, you drove or came all the way across country by yourself to play music in venues that you've never played before. That takes some real, real guts. And I had to commend her for it. It was impressive yeah dude that's that's super ballsy and it's and it just bespeaks of like sometimes you you don't have to wait for the offer yep sometimes you sometimes you can just create your own bar yep and some people need to do it of course some people they're having their doors slammed down like they they are they are they are sought after they are the the hot shit at mm-hmm. the moment but I also meet, yeah, like similar to as you're talking with this person, I meet people who are out crafting all their own opportunities and they're phenomenal. They're, they're really phenomenal people at what they do. And I know they'll get those, those other offers soon, but with some of them, I'm kind of like, why would they go? Why would they go back? Like yep. they, they now understand it. Like if anything, financially, financially they're making way more than if they did it with someone else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they experience don't have to, wise they like, don't have, yep experience and they don't have to share in on any of the profits you know they're doing really well for themselves no and i feel like those people are also like those ones who are not to speak in a gem, in generalizing manner i'm sure there's a lot of yeah. artists who are very uh copacetic and reciprocal yeah and engaging with yep. the people to go and see them. But I tend to find like those ones who are really picking it up right on the bare bones, independent underground sort of level. They're the ones who like, you see how much it means to them. Yep. You see how much it means to them and they, and they show it in the facet of their performance and then engaging with people afterwards, engaging with whoever they've utilized to like, help do the actual specific setup of the night so like text in the place like that yeah they just have a certain air about them yeah they have a certain a certain quality to them yeah exactly exactly so um 
as we kind of start heading towards the end of the interview and what have you, um, where do you, what's next for you? What do you see? What's your plans for the rest of the year and moving forward? Are you working on an album? Are you writing? Are like, um, well, I'm always writing. I'm always writing. That's good. That's good. Uh, some sometimes with huge amounts of sabbaticals because uh, suffice it to say, Tom, I'm quite a pretentious bastard, which means I'm trying to be an artist in two ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes music takes a little bit of a backseat uh, for other endeavours, but um, it is it is my greatest passion and it's the one I do focus heaviest on. Um, at the moment, I am I am writing stuff. I have got. Uh, a couple of recording sessions set up and I've got some collaborations set up underway. Okay. Uh, one of them with uh, a Belarusian producer who I, I met via SoundCloud. Okay. Who's a really, really incredibly nice guy. Um, real humble, extremely talented at what he does. I'm, I'm ever so blessed to have even worked with him. His name is Dasai. Okay. Uh, that track can be found on my Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, me and him are going to be working on a project over the year. Um, on top of that, I will be working on like my own solo solo projects. I'm going to be working on a solo live project that will hopefully get released soon. I'm going to plan to drop what well, I plan to drop a couple singles over the year as well awesome. and play as many shows as I can. I'm just out here playing as many shows as I can because deep down, I love it. Obviously, there's yeah. a tiny part of me that's like, oh, I'm an artist. Give me a little bit of validation. But, you know, insecurities and all of that crap. Um, Understood. But for the, for the most part, I, d- I do it just because I, I, fucking, I fucking love it. I, 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 like, there's no greater, greater feeling for me than, uh-huh. um, than, than performing and than just being able to to do it, and I've I've like I've played in basically empty rooms and still had a blast. Mm-hmm. Like literally rooms where it's just like the host, the bar staff, and one person. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I've been that one person at the show, and it's you know it's like I'm here to support the artist, but on the other hand, it's like I kind of feel bad because oh no, hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's like because if I if I for whatever reason, when it, when I'm sitting there and I like, if I go look down at my phone, knowing that I'm the only person there, I don't want to give off that vibe of, oh, I'm not entertained. It's just, I, sorry, I had to, te- you know, I had to answer a text message or so, you know. Yeah, no, you feel that social burden just a tiny bit more. Yeah, uh, yeah it's always, it's always harder when you stand out. But that's what performers do as well, man. They stand, they stand right out. Yep. You can't blend in the crowds. It's so much easier when you can like blend in the crowd and do whatever you want. Yep. It's you can you can basically become like that's like people think about superpowers. This is such an alternate tangent. Thinking about superpowers, right? And like some people like, oh, I'd love to be invisible. And it's kind of like, yo, you actually you don't need the power to be invisible. You can you can do it. Yeah, you can do it right now. Like it's just you just have to be so incredibly nondescript, yep, and just blend into the crowd, and you'll be forgotten about. You might be noticed for a few seconds, but you will be like just in and out. Invisibility is possible. Yep, it is. That's yeah, it's that's very true. It's uh, yeah, and I, <laughs> um, so 
what let's see are you planning on or what's your show schedule looking like i guess that was the better way to put it what's your show schedule looking like coming up uh i'm 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 happy to say that my show schedule is getting a bit a bit chocker a bit chocker block a bit full uh okay. it's getting it's getting packed out with some things which is real which is a blessing it is a blessing and um so it's like i've got like christ i think like six or seven gigs already booked for next month plus i do a load of the open mic scene and i've got like another gig like i've got another two gigs this week mm -hmm. and another one next week and then i'm like taking bookings for april and beyond now is music what you do full time or do you have like a job that supports the music habit right now no nah, man i told you i'm a pretentious dick so it means i'm trying to be an artist in two ways which means i'm a bum <laughs> I'm a bum. I'm a glorified bum. Uh, and I'm a glorified bum with no glory and just a self-righteous statement. Uh, no, so I, uh, yeah, I, I am blessed enough uh -huh. to be unencumbered so that I can focus upon my artistry. Okay. That's and my forms of procrastination, but yeah. my artistry as well. Although I will eventually have to get a job because life happens, you know, you yeah. have to, uh, have to do step up and be an adult sometimes. And I've worked, I've worked before I've worked over summers and stuff. And I, I used to, um, I used to busk a lot. That was how I earned some money. Yeah. So I used to perform on the streets, which also has a lot of crazy stories, but I'm, I'm not going to go into that. I won't go, like, obviously we're, we're drawing near to the end and that's another long, long, long discussion. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like, I, I, whatever I end up doing, I will, still do the things I do because like, I mean, I'm unemployed now, but yeah. I've been fucking broke before. Mm -hmm. I've been like, honestly, if I didn't have the support of people around me, if I didn't have the support of some family, if I didn't have the support of uh, some friends, like some certain relationships, yeah, um, I, I would have been fucked. Everything I'm doing, really is a testament not only to whatever effort i put in myself yeah. but mostly those people who are like unnamed who are just fucking rocks who have been rocks and some of those people they they, they come and they go like life changes everybody's gotta move on and travel on their own journey and at their own pace yep um but like yeah so i've, I've been like dead broke like and I'd still, I still will like write poetry, write stories, write music. I would go to open mics. I'd walk to open mics. So like some open mics, I'm walking like four or five miles there and back. So I'm like doing hour long walks to just go play a fucking 10 minute set. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that's dedication this, right there. Yeah. This shit means so much to me. I don't, I don't do the full level, level walks because I'm blessed enough to be able to earn some money at a moment, yeah. you know, which is, which is, all praise due for that um but uh there's also a part of me that's like oh god when i walked i was so much healthier um <laughs> so it's like those, those things even though they, they sound arduous they do come with their benefits yeah um but yeah yeah that's 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 my thing unemployed but whatever my stance is i'll literally continue to do this perfect um do you have any Where's a one place that you it, within? We'll say like within the UK. Where's one place that you haven't played that you'd really like to knock off the bucket list? 
Damn. What do you mean? Like um, like a venue. region or venue? Oh, like venue. A... Yeah. Damn. Uh, I don't know. Where, I'm going to try not to be too idealistic, but I'm going to try yeah. not to be too humble and realistic. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to be idealistic. Okay. I'm going to make up that word. I'm going to be idealistic. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it's a long way away, uh-huh. or maybe sooner than I think. Who knows? I'm yep. going to try and be optimistic. But uh, a venue that I've been to a lot of gigs at and that I love and is quite a like stamp if you ever get to make it there is if I ever get to like play at the Brixton Academy that would be phenomenal that'd be a dream that'd be a dream for me but that that comes with a lot of work that comes with a lot of work mm-hmm. so I've got to be able to do that maybe that one's a bit too idealistic but yeah Brixton oh, Academy right. it's just just because it's it holds a special place to me that's where I saw like one of my favorite artists perform on time and so like Nice. Well, since you, since you brought it up, who are some of your uh, influences? Christ, uh, God, I don't want to be that person, but there's like there's a whole bunch. But um, I'd probably say most heavily the people that have had the biggest impact on me, and not necessarily does it come through in the sounds, but just people who have made impact on me as artists mm-hmm. are like. Um, so there was a, a few bands when I was younger. One of them is uh, a band called Block Party. Their okay. first two albums are phenomenal. Silent Alarm and Weekends in the City. Oh my God, those albums right there. Yep. Uh, there was another guy called Jamie T, okay. whose Panic Prevention album is phenomenal. Uh, these are both British artists. Okay. Um, <clears throat> beyond that, there's people uh, like in the in the hip hop world. Like I'm an avid avid lover and listener to yep. uh, to hip hop music, and those those people are like MF Doom. Mm-hmm. Homeboy Sandman, uh, ODB, Old Dirty Bastard was like, Old Dirty Bastard and the Wu-Tang Clan were like some of the first people. Them, uh, Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul were yep. like some of the first acts that keyed me in when I was like 15 and I was yeah. just coming out of my rock and metal wave. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I never listen to hip hop. And then I started listening to hip hop. I'm, like, I'm never going to listen to anything else. But like, that's the juvenile sense of when you're doing it. Because I think yep. when you grow up, you uh, listen to the music that's around you. Yeah. So from your parents, that's on the radio. And then as you start to hit your teenage years and you start to formulate some concept of self-identity, you, you, a lot of people go into some things. And some people abroad, but I tend to find like a lot of the people that I grew up around and myself would be like, no, I'm all about this. And I'm all about this. And it's like, it's cool to do that. Obviously it's, it's juvenile, but like that's, that's you, that's you figuring it out. That's you learning a whole bunch of, whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, uh, Old Day Bastard, MF Dune, Doom, <laughs> Homeboy, yeah. Sandman. Uh, I do love A Tribe Called Quest. They really heavily influence my sound. Uh, De La Soul. Yeah. Uh, contemporary artists like King Cruel and uh, Tom Mish. Mm-hmm. I, adore both both of those artists and the music they do like one of them can like lift me up so like Tom Mish can really lift me up and King, King Cruel can just pull me right into the dregs of my depression and existentialism is fantastic yeah um, I also love like a bit of world music uh, oh. to put it under a broad spectrum yeah. uh, so there's a guy called Ali Farka Torre um, African guy I can't remember what country he's from yep uh, but he's a guitarist 
I think he does some vocals as well, but I, I listened to this album of his one time uh, when I was like in university and I was writing some stories and it was like 5 a.m. and I'm just like, who is this guy? And I just kept playing the album on repeat. Yeah. Um, that and uh, there's a Brazilian guy, a uh, few Brazilian guys. There's a guy called yeah. um, Chico Buarque and um, uh, Jorge Benjor. Jorge Benjor is is phenomenal. The guy is super groovy. Uh, he's not like the deepest of cats lyrically, okay. um, but oh, his mu- his music is is phenomenal. He's uh, he, you, you probably have heard at least one Jorge Ben song without knowing who Georgie Ben is. Like, have you ever heard the song Mash Canada? Uh, I might have, but I... You, you've almost certainly, especially being from the States, like you yeah. have definitely heard Mash Canada without knowing it. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of that, like, especially with a lot of the American, like classical stuff, like the Beethovens and Bach and all that, that stuff. Uh, there's a lot of kids that when you say, have you heard of Beethoven or Bach? They're like, no, and then you play them a song, and it's like, oh, I know that's, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it permeates through um, through through various forms of culture. Yep. Like, you've had that, like, so many of those times when I've had those moments, and as sad as it is to, to say, and it's a whole other discussion, I'll be like, oh, yeah, isn't that in the such and such advertisement? Yep. And it's like, oh, shit. Sometimes when you think of that, you're just like, Christ, commercials have embedded themselves into my subconscious. Yep, they, that's a living part of the pattern of my personality. They, Shit, that that was a huge thing over here in America for a while, where they were instead of having commercials do like custom jingles, they would uh, just go buy the rights to like random '80s rock songs and just make that the jingle. So mm. yeah, um, just just so, get on that popularizing. Yep. popularizing fucking pretty thing. much just, pretty much yeah oh there's um there's also a few people uh contempor- contemporaneously that, okay. uh, i work with who who kind of um inspire me and so these are people who i've encountered in events or um i've been blessed to to meet at events or who run events and okay. these uh people like there's a phenomenal phenomenal uh English rapper by the name of Otis Mensa. Okay. He, his his rap poetics EP is just incredible, mm-hmm. incredible. And he's got another EP called Mum's House Philosopher. Um, yeah. This 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 yeah this guy is just a remarkable talent. I, I cannot speak higher of that guy. Um, there's also some other really cool people that I've been able to meet. There's a guy called the Repeat Beat Poet. Okay. Who, him and his uh, partner Sky God run a poetry event that I've been going to a while out in London called Pensing Poetry. Okay. That is phenomenal. And yeah, uh, Pensing Poetry, yeah, they, it's a good name. Um, but yeah, the Repeat B Poet is just someone I really admire on his just level of graft. He is somebody who really, really is about what he's doing. And he mm. has been able to establish himself as a creative figure in London. London is a hard city. Mm-hmm. to establish yourself as a fucking human being yep. let alone as a creative figure and and he does that off the world of spoken word poetry he is he is branching out into music the guy's got music coming out soon and i'm excited for that but um i feel like especially for poetry it's super hard 
to establish yourself. But that's also something that's really cool, the spoken word scene out here, and I assume probably the same in the, in the States. It, it seem, actually seems like a worldwide kind of effect. Yeah. It's uh, something that's really growing. Like poetry is really sort of coming into this wave of being like as as grand, uh, but not as, as as pompous as like the eras of like, Alexander Pope and people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't quite started gaining extreme popularity over here, at least that I've seen. Um, everything that I've kind of seen, it's always still been, I don't want to say underground because that doesn't seem fair, but it's been, spoken words kind of been, it's, start, it's starting to bubble up. I see some people playing with it and doing some cool things with it, but for the most part, it hasn't quite, started making that big rise but i i see where what you're talking about and i can definitely see that it has a possibility to do that and become a the next big genre so to speak really and truly and um there's a lot of uh musical uh endeavors that are going on that incorporate a very spoken word element yeah into them and there's a lot of like just spoken word that's straight up put out like there's um there's a really really couple renowned and powerful um more contemporaneous british poets uh one being kate tempest Mm. who is a phenomenal act like she's won a bunch of awards she's written a play before she has a few albums under her belt internationally tours as a musician but it's a phenomenal poet and there's another guy called george the poet okay who uh does very much similar things like has tracks under his belt performs a shitload and has really really renowned and powerful poetry i wish i wish i actually had greater understanding really of these people's back catalogs to give them the credit they're all fairly deserving of yeah Yeah. or they're all due but um yeah i can only speak to them oh uh yeah and just some some other people uh shout another guy who like the repeatly poet who i have absolute like respect and admiration for in the amount of work they put into everything is uh there's another british guy called it goes by the name of dopamine who's really 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 blessed guy uh who also has fantastic music he like he can be checked out on spotify right now um Christ, uh, I, yeah, I had I had a longer mental list, but they, like these are some of the names that are immediately coming up coming up to mind, and also of course like shout out to everybody who's ever fucking like dealt with me or given yeah. me their time and like helped out, and some of those people have like I've performed at like those Penting Poetry events and so okay. yeah stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so this was a question I was going back and forth if I was actually going to ask it or not, but I think I finally have it worded out in my head so it doesn't come off like a like I'm a, I don't want to say ignorant American, but, <laughs> but so with, uh, with, with, uh, so with people like, um, Stormzy and Ed Sheeran, they're starting to make noise on an internet or, well, obviously Ed Sheeran's been making noise on the international level for a while now, but like with some of these guys starting to make noise on the international level, How's that really shined a light on the independent scene? Has that helped? Has it, I mean, obviously it couldn't hurt, but what, what changes have you seen over the last few years with these guys starting to make noise on an international level 
and really starting to uh, branch out to especially like the U.S. because I know Stormzy is really starting to make a name over here and then like uh, Dizzy Rascal for whatever reason I know that name from a few years back. Uh, oh yeah well because like in terms of grime he was the first one to break America. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Dizzy he's kind of like grime royalty. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but do do I see any any reverberations from that there, into there into the independent scene in the UK? Um, no, I feel like things are on a very similar trend. It definitely yeah. seems like it definitely seems like uh, British acts are more sought after, mm -hmm. and of course. Uh, I don't know why in the dichotomy of the the UK and the US is it like because for a lot of the time like during during the quote unquote golden age of like rock music and its yep. varying branches like the aim is you're not you're not the fucking apex until you've broke the UK if you're an American band and vice versa mm -hmm. so if you're a British band you're not shit till you've broken America yeah so to speak and so I think that that element is still kind of there, but I think we live in a slightly more um, internationally conscious world and technology has really enabled people to be global, uh -huh. just completely global. And so I think people like Stormzy going across and breaking America yeah. is really inspirational for, for young up and coming people. Mm -hmm. So they can, they can, they can see, they can see him out there, see him like staking his claim, making his name known. Yep. Uh, and be seen as, uh, yeah, just something to admire and to aspire towards. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what have I seen on the independent scene from that change? No, nothing much. I feel like technology has really made the greatest impact okay. on the independent scene. And I, I can only just about say that. I, I say that from secondhand and a very brief firsthand knowledge, where it's kind of like, being that I've been performing since I was like 17. Yep. So around like... 2010 was my first gig and i mean that was just before really i would say like for lack of a better term even though i don't actually know because this is a, an accredited like academic term though i don't know where it comes mm -hmm. from but like the tech bubble like yeah. like when it really spiked up because i know it was like around uh, 2011 2012 Maybe maybe that's why the world ended. Maybe this is what happened. Um, but around 2011, 2012, that was when certain organizations like um, Facebook and Instagram uh, and Google really became yep. huge. Yep. Really fucking, and Apple really fucking became huge. Yep. Um, and yep. yeah, and there was this huge prevalence of everything. Because I remember YouTube being like this super cool like weird thing that I just about heard of. Yeah. And it was like, so all over the place. It's like, Oh, there's a, there's a guy reviewing games 
and somehow that's funny. Yep. Like what? There's just videos of people getting hit in the nuts. There's a Saddam Hussein hanging on here. Like what? What the? What the fuck is this thing? Yep. Um, and then around yeah, around like 2011, 2012, it just huge boom, and of course, it rapidly developed, and it's um. It's a brilliant tool. Obviously, it has a lot of negative points, but I won't get mm-hmm. too too far into all of those. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you're, you're aware. I'm aware. Yep. Anyone's listening probably aware. Um, but yeah, uh, technology has enabled um, independent artists to retain independence or become their own become their own springboard. Like it's it's given them rocket shoes. Mm-hmm. as like the best I could give a, as an image. So like like. They they can become the builders of their own bridges, literally off the back of the backs of these things. And there's, I don't know. I think we're nearing a point where a lot of these uh, in the creative world, a lot of these organisations are beginning to figure out the ins and outs of things, and limitations are being set. So they're going to start things will start getting closed up a tiny bit because I think some organisations want it to be the quote unquote good old days of yep. borderline monopolisation. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think pe- people like Ed Sheeran, Stormzy, uh, like just like any giant artist or any artist that goes and breaks uh, an- another continent is someone inspirational, aspirational, and admirable mm-hmm. to to up and coming artists. But no, I haven't seen it have a great effect okay. in in the in the, in the independent world. I would say more so technology as it has enabled those those people way more yeah and i I think the technology that's just a worldwide i don't want to say phenomenon but that's really the best way to explain it because it almost is man it's just came out of nowhere sorry to cut you off it's just like it it just came out of nowhere where it's just like this grand fabrication that we as people have made where it's just kind of like yeah i'm gonna import everything into this this is going to be like your global fucking passport this is going to be the source of your all all of your information you're basically gonna like marriage marry your brain to this like this this will enable you in so many ways that you have no idea like i mean look at this interview like if you would have told me 10 years ago that i was going to be doing an interview on my computer with somebody 20 some odd hours how many ever thousand miles away and we're going to be talking like we're on the phone and it's not going to cost anybody anything. Yo. Like, yeah. Like that is so weird. And I would have it, not believed it 10 years ago. No, nah, no, nah, it's super fucking weird. And it makes you like, sometimes, sometimes I like sit and think about like, uh, as human beings, yep. how, uh, how privileged we are to be living in the quote unquote modern time. Yeah. Um, and it's or like, just, like, I mean, I don't, not to re, uh, steal somebody else's thunder or just to be living in general. Like, Oh, hundred percent. Yo, that was something I was talking about with someone the other day. And I yeah. think this actually marries both of those points where it's kind of like, we're living in a world that's like really idolizes heroes, superheroes. And, and there's never been a greater time, not mm-hmm. since like ancient and classical times has there been such a great moment yep. for, for hero figures. And you want to know who's a, like, who are absolute heroes that nobody ever mentions? Who's that? It's our fucking like savage Neanderthalic ancestors. Like those 
crazy cave dwelling bastards are like if they were not fucking running around figuring out fire if they were not like jabbing at saber-toothed tigers and fighting every goddamn thing around them living in such a crazy world like we're we're, we're such we're, we're literally there because of them yep inbuilt like fucking survival crazy animal instinct ancient human that really busted its ass to get there and like they're still within us a tiny bit yep. like to do any do anything strenuous like you you'll catch it go yep. have crazy sex you'll catch it get yep. really angry you'll catch it um but like them them to me it's just kind of like oh my god that's yeah. there there are some fucking heroes right there yep. right? Uh, no one no one I, has an idea out here fighting giant monster type creatures they have no idea like, I, I totally, could not survive that way. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. Um, but so just to kind of wrap this thing up into a nice little neat bow and all that fun stuff, because it's been great talking to you. This went yeah, a lot, likewise, man. Been a lot, went a lot longer than I thought it would. We're about double what I thought it was going to be. And so it's just been a really cool conversation. Was not expecting this whatsoever. Um, and you know, like that's, that's the interesting slash weird part about this segment of the podcast because I'm sitting here, we're both sitting here talking to people we've never talked to before with very little context as to what they're about, mm. what they're trying to accomplish because like literally it's just a, Hey, somebody tagged you in this post and I want to talk to you because they said I should, you know, like that, that's a kind of a weird concept, but this is a prime example as to why it works. And so this conversation has been absolutely amazing. Wasn't quite sure what we were going to get. But yeah, I'm, dude, I was, I was mildly worried as well, but it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been blessed. It's been, a, yeah. it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome. A pleasure Tom. awesome. Um, so where can people kind of find your schedule, find you online to follow you and see, uh, for your next or for your upcoming shows, any new music, like where can people find you? um okay so yeah good people about to get the uh the rollout thrown on them so you can find me on all your favorite mark zuckerberg matrix devices that's facebook and instagram you can find me on instagram as at my real name is starship and on facebook as at my real name is starship official uh if you just write in my real name is starship on either of those it will come up uh, on facebook i have all my dates also promote them all up on instagram along with content blobs for all of you people um you can also find me on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal. Shout out Jay-Z. You'll yep. never shout me back, but shout out Jay-Z. Uh, <laughs> uh, KK Box, all of these things. Uh, if you just search my real name is Starship, that is my real name is Starship. You write the whole thing. I've also got tour dates written up on all of uh, so on my uh, Spotify page. So if you're following my spotify page you'll get email notifications about like closest gigs that come and you can find concerts through there that send you to links for shows with like ticket links and stuff like that um and you can also just catch me in real life i'm just running around anyone who's who listens to this who's based in london or anybody who's listened to this who's over on the other side you can catch me in real life i i, I try to get around as much as i can if you're ever in a music venue in southeast london or east london or north london or 
West London or across most of the city, mm-hmm. there's a chance you might see me. There's a chance you might see me. And if you see me, say what's up. And I'll say what's up back. And we might be able to have a conversation. Perfect. As good as this one. Yeah. <laughs> That's about the first I could do with a roller. I always feel super weird whenever I do those things. Yeah. No, it's kind of like, it's my, it's like my walking billboard moment. Yeah. Like, tell us everything. Where, where can we, you know, I understand how weird it is because I, yeah. uh, but thanks, man. Thank you so much for sitting down and doing this. Uh, yeah, thank you. We hope one day we'll make it out to London every year. We talk about this, be, this being the year that we're going to make it out to London and it hasn't happened yet, but hopefully this year. Oh, no, I'll, I'll get it, man. You, you guys will come here, will come here when you're ready. When yep. London calls, yep. when London exactly. calls, man. But exactly. hopefully it won't be a clash. Ooh, terrible Ooh, joke to end yeah. on. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> Holy guacamole. This is some real hip-hop shit. No, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Sorry, guys. It's been an absolute long day. So, I hope you guys really enjoyed the interview with My Real Name is Starship. I uh, had an absolute blast talking with him. Um, and I hope we get the opportunity to work together. So I just wanted to jump on and mention that as we get ready to jump into the final couple segments here. Before we get into it, it's time to announce next week's Fan Feedback Musician of the Week. This week we're going U.S. stateside, a band from Minneapolis, a band by the name of Red Eye Ruby. They happen to have a show Saturday, February 22nd, at Captain Trackside Grill, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. So if you're in Minneapolis or you're a fan of Red Eye Ruby, make sure you reach out to us. Give us feedback on their set. Let us know what you thought of them. Make sure it's all voice memo, no text. Send us the voice memo at at Live and Amplified on Facebook, or you can just email me directly, thomas underscore quiet at yahoo.com. Thomas underscore K-W-I-A-T at yahoo.com. I guess, I absolutely guess, that means it is time for our favorite part of the show. And that is the show shoutouts. First up, I would be absolutely remiss if I didn't mention our homeboys, GDP, that's uh, Jeff's band, for those of you that don't know. And Jeff is our audio engineer that mixes and records all of our live music. All of, like, he records and mixes a lot of our stuff. And he's a founding member of Live and Amplified. I'm proud to call him a friend. There, he, him and Brady, who's another uh, audio guy slash just all-around production guru that helps out with Live and Amplified a lot. Um, their band GDP is playing this Sunday at 8 p.m. at the Liberty. They are opening for the Unlikely Candidates and Swimming with Bears. Um, if you are interested, make sure you hit up thelibertyinc.com. The Liberty Inc. is uh, good friends with us. We do a lot of work with them, and so I love being able to support them and support independent music and support family. You know, I absolutely love it. And I, if you guys happen to be in Roswell, New Mexico and want to go see GDP, or are happen to be fans of the Unlikely Candidates, 
make sure you swing by this Sunday at 8 p.m. at thelibertyinc.com. And another good friend of Live and Amplified, Labotabot, who's a, a band we worked with back in July when we went up to Columbia Falls, Montana. Um, we've got more stuff, more of their videos coming out real soon. Um, they have a show Saturday, February 29th at 9 p.m. at the Remington. They are playing with Doja and Leapier. I hope I didn't pronounce anyone's name. I'm sorry if I did. Uh, but if you happen to be in Whitefish, Montana, Saturday, February 29th at 9 p.m., make sure you go check out Labotabot and Leapier and Doja. They, I, I can only really speak for Labotabot. I'm not really familiar with the other two bands, but Labotabot puts on one hell of a show, and I can't wait to see more from them. And if you happen to be in Fife, Washington on Friday, February 28th, there's a show going down at Louis G's Pizza. Uh, they have Soul Instinct, Atro City Girl, High Castle, Barbarian Wasteland. Tickets are $10 at the door. Doors open at 7. Music starts at 8. If you happen to be in Fife, Washington on Friday, February 28th, check out Louis G's Pizza for a pretty kick-ass looking lineup. If you happen to be in Mishawaka, Indiana on Friday, February 21st, they got a pretty kick-ass looking lineup. It's Dirt Nap Dogma, Beyond the Fathoms, Nautilus, Magic Hat, and Euro. All happening Friday night, February 21st. Show starts at 8.30 and goes till 12.30 at Smith's Downtown. So I want to thank you guys again so much for swinging by and staying with us through this entire podcast. It was a long one. It was a marathon. I love y'all. I really appreciate it. Um, We got one final thing to send you home with. It is our cover song of the week. This week, it is by a band called Butch Queen and the Bad Habits. They did a cover of Folsom Prison Blues. Folsom Prison Blues. I wanted to make sure I said that right, so I didn't get any heat from you guys. But they did an awesome job. Really unique different take. I really enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy it.
and that was the cover of Folsom Prison Blues by Butch Queen and the Bad Habits. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much once again for sticking around. I love you guys. Like I've said so many times in this podcast, I am so rejuvenated about this. I absolutely love what we're doing. I am so pumped. I'm glad you guys are along for the journey. And if you guys want to see what we're doing, what else we got going on, make sure you follow us on social media everywhere, live and amplified, at live and amplified, everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever you guys think, live and amplified.com. Please swing by, give us a like, let us know what bands we should be looking at. If you're in a band and you got a cover song, send us the cover song. Every week we're looking. Or if you're a fan of a band that you feel like is not getting the love that they deserve, please make sure you send them our way. We want to give them the love. Give us a reason. Give us a why. Give us a who. Give us a how. Whatever you want to do. We absolutely love it. We love you guys. I love you guys. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. And I'm not going to speak any longer because I got to edit this thing down. I'm already dead tired and my food's getting cold. I will see you guys later. Peace. I am Tom Quiet, your host. Have a great one.